There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. This is our last episode for the season. I'm joined by my wonderful hubby, Ash, for this final episode. How are you going, Ash? Very well. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so stoked with this response that we've had from the podcast. I had no idea when we first did this, when we decided to come down into this little studio and record the, um, our first episode, that we'd have such an overwhelming response. It's gone off. It's gone crazy. Yeah, so it's been really... Really great, really humbling and an awesome learning experience and just so great to chat to so many different people and share their story and open up that conversation about alcohol. It's just built um, so much quicker than we thought it would and I've been so impressed with uh, the volume of responses that you've got of people saying that it's genuinely helping them, which is why you're doing this in the first place. And I wish we... We decided not to read out a few comments, but there there've been a lot of really good ones, which it's quite humbling when you see that and see that you're actually making a difference in people's lives. Yeah, well, I just felt some a lot of the messages are quite personal, so might be best not to read them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're changing lives anyway. But That's anyway, what I'm <laughs> no, but it's great. And I do, I've just had so many um, messages and emails and um, messages on the Instagram just from people saying that that's it now, they're going to decide to give it a go or they're finding it really helpful. So, mm. yeah, it's really, really cool. 
the general response over this season, the main common thread that they've had is that they pretty much all of them drank for a feeling of connection. Podcast mm. for me. She's mm. she's such a close and beautiful friend of mine. What started like that, I guess, for her blew out into something that she would be isolated and drinking on her own. Or sometimes if you're waking up in the morning and you're feeling like super embarrassed or shameful, you start to lose that connection. And you're not even connecting sometimes because you can't even remember what the conversations that you had. Or I remembered myself when I was drinking a lot. I'd feel a bit nervous sometimes talking the next day if I was gone away, if I'd gone away with friends or if we were on tour or something like that. Nervous to say something the next day because often the people would say, yeah, I know we talked about that last night. (laughs) You know, so that thing that you're craving, the like connection is kind of getting the opposite. Yeah, I I noticed that. I think we were halfway through the season when you said to me, it's funny, alcohol in the long run tends to take away whatever you were drinking for in the first place. Mm, mm. You know, so if you were drinking for confidence, you end up losing confidence. If you're drinking for fun, you end up being depressed. If you're drinking for connection, you end up disconnected. Yeah. It's this irony that whatever you drink for, it, it seems to take it away. And the funny thing about that is when you do make a commitment to stop, and then you keep doing the thing. You do get connected to people. You do have confidence. You do, you know, you do all the the stuff that you thought. You realize that drinking wedged its way in there and kind of sold itself to you as the creator of the good time that you were having. But actually, it was the other stuff that was creating the good time. Yeah, totally. So drinking, you know, it gets all the credit sometimes. After a while, it gets all the credit. Once you really get into it, you think... You look at that bottle and you think, oh, that's what's bringing my good times. But the good times are the interaction with the people and the whatever's going on. That's what creates the good time. Mm. Mm, So that was an interesting thing. And it's you. It's your own, it's your personal state, Mm. I guess, that makes the good time. Mm, But you're giving it all away thinking that it's alcohol that's creating that. And I know that you you can um, attest to this as well, that when we quit, the good times just blew up really didn't it it's like I wasn't really having a good time in the end anyway Mm. because I often would feel so crappy about myself and you probably as well but now now it's like because you you pick up the little nuances in life as well you notice things things come alive Mm, totally your senses because you're like you know what you notice in what your sensory acuity what you notice in life that's half of the joy of even living, like just mm. being on this planet. You mm. know, when people try and get into the moment and they go out into nature or they go to a party or whatever, you want to, you want to notice things and, you know, be in the moment, be awake. And, um, you know, the more alert and present you are in the moment, you feel that more. And the, the more pissed you are, <laughs> mm. the less you feel that. So I was talking to Billy Otto about this today. That, you know, you live your life in the now, not in the past, uh, in the future. But if you're drinking, you're sort of in this other realm. It's not really in the moment either. You're somewhere else. Mm. So you're not even really, for that time that you're drunk, you're not even, you know, it's hard to say you're even living life. You're just sort of rah, rah, rahing. And then when you wake up, you're sort of regretting and wondering about things. So you're not in the moment then either. So you're sort of missing out on a lot of life. 
Yeah, and it's being in that reptilian part of your brain. That's what alcohol does, and it puts you into that sort of you're not you're not awake. Yeah, and you just sort of I don't know what you're doing. You're just not present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was it Nathan Kay talking about that? What does it? Uh, yeah, is it your the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex. cortex slows things act activity down in the prefrontal cortex? So you sort of in evolution we developed the that's our most recent innovation is the prefrontal cortex which allows us to have what we think is a greater level of consciousness than a lot of animals but um but um i guess when you drink you devolve a little mm. you go back in in time to mm. our very far ancestors not the most enlightened ones but the <laughs> The more caveman y ones. Mm. You used to say I used to look like a caveman when I was <laughs> drinking heavily. <laughs> the brow would get a little heavy. The heavy brow. Um, the other thing is that I found another common thread with people is that when they were drinking to escape from certain realities, just life got too much. You know, that was a big thing, like people feeling stressed and then they would start drinking. And that doesn't work either. Because as we know, and everyone knows this really, everyone knows this, that when you try and escape from an emotion or a reality or a situation, you might be able to numb that momentarily or temporarily with alcohol, but it always comes back. It's going to come and find you no matter how much you drink. And then probably the more you drink, the more exacerbated it's going to become. These things store in your subconscious and they rise up. You need to deal with things. So that was one thing that everyone that I've had on the podcast had in common as well, that once they had quit the drink and they allowed themselves to sit in their, whatever it was, whatever pain it was that they were feeling, that they were actually able to deal with it and even almost appreciate it because there was a lot of learning involved in that. And I know I've felt that myself. Totally. Mm. It's really hard to, if you've been drinking for a long time as an adult, it's really hard to quit drinking and not have some kind of awakening. It, it would mm. be very rare that people don't have an awakening when they quit if they were a pretty intuit drinker. Well, I think if you don't have the awakening, it's not going to last because you, as we've talked about quite a few times before in previous episodes, that you must replace it with something else and you must kind of tap into some kind of spirituality. It's what sort of feeds you and keeps you going and it keeps you learning and it helps you to move forward. Mm. And I think without that, it's just sheer willpower and and hoping that mm. you'll change. Things don't change because, as I've said again in the podcast and rehashing here, that you must change your self-identity and your beliefs. Mm, totally. And also, yeah, you're like when you quit drinking, it's not you're not, not denying yourself something. You get so much and so much awesomeness. But if there is something in your psyche that's maybe a bit stubborn and you don't actually wake up in any other way. All you're doing is missing your beer on a hot afternoon or, a, you know, that wine that you crave by the fire or whatever. You're missing out on that on one hand and you're not getting mm. anything to fill in on the other side. Mm. So it is really important, I mean, for people, if it doesn't just happen naturally, that you feel like you, you've been asleep all this time, you've been drinking and you've just woken up. If it doesn't happen naturally, then it's sort of important to force yourself a little bit to get into some new things with a new amount of time that you have, which is huge, and and fill up that time learning something new because that really that mm. really makes you feel fresh and almost like a like a teenager again in in the in those positive ways, and then mm. you 
if you do that, you never look back. No, absolutely. And the main thing is the one thing that I've really taken from the podcast and the coaching and is that you must firstly identify the problems, not just the problem, but seeing how alcohol is not serving you, seeing it for what it really is and what it's really doing and like really looking at it and realizing that alcohol is the issue, not so much you. It's you uh, would not do a lot of those behaviors without the alcohol. So realizing that. Then getting an image or a vision of the self of who you want to be, who you imagine yourself to be without it. So that might be just becoming a really confident person. It might be a really healthy person. It might be 10 kilos lighter. It might be a more attentive parent, partner, lover, friend, worker, any of those things that you can imagine for yourself and then direct all your momentum and decide, decide that's it, enough, I've had enough, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm done and making that decision and just getting on with it and Go don't it. look back. Mm. And the more of a vision vision that you have and the more lofty that vision, the stronger the magnetic pull that, that will pull you forward. Yeah. And it will pull you forward from even thinking about drinking or missing it or whatever. It is mm. like, Ugh. if you have a really strong pull, it's like, ah, oh, that's the least of my worries. I don't have time for that. I'm doing this, this and this. Because it's it's working towards my goals and it's making me happy. Part of the gifts of sobriety are realizing what you're capable of, realizing what you can do and what you can achieve and taking the steps towards those things. And even another gift that sobriety gives you is just, um, you know, being more aware of what you're putting in. You know, mm. you're not so keen to stuff yourself silly with junk food or you know, uh, sugary drinks even or all those things and, and news and everything you start to consume, you start to question. Mm. I mean, there's a multitude of gifts in sobriety that it's it's never ending really, is it? Like mm. I still, I still, I marvel at it. Like we went camping on the weekend and how we went swimming in, that, in the phosphorescence in that creek with the mm. kids. It was the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen or witnessed. Mm. And I know full well, if I was drinking, I probably would have sent you up there with the kids and not even gone, yeah. you know, or, or if I had have gone, I wouldn't have been really present in the moment, really watching and really taking it in and really being there in mm. that moment. I probably wouldn't have even remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so true. And you can still, you still have fun. Like we are really fun, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so. And cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of something before. Mm. Um, people who, they can't envisage themselves camping and swimming in phosphorescence right now or they can't envisage much past quitting drinking. They're drinking at the moment. They've got a problem with it or whatever. Mm. And they can't really see what's on the other side. That's where it's good to have a little bit of, a, of faith. Mm. Your future, we normally live life as if uh, the future that we can have is only basically a collection of the things that have happened in the past. That's what we know and that's all that we're going to walk towards. But your future doesn't have to have anything to do with your past. It's up, up to you to create a new future and you can create any future that you want and it's not really about what happened in the past. So sometimes, you know, it's a bit scary for people. I know it was scary for us. I remember when you said, let's quit for a year. I was like, what? Quitting for a year? That's a bit excessive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see past that little 
singularity, that, you know, that moment, what happens beyond there, that point where you quit? I don't know. What's the me that doesn't drink? I don't know what that me's like. Mm. And you don't. It's, you know, we've got to think back to that time, you know, and it's hard for us to see it now because we're so happy that we quit. Mm. But um, at the time you can't think of it and sometimes you can't imagine even fun without mm. drinking because you've conditioned yourself over the previous 20 years and everything around you has conditioned you to mm. say alcohol is a good time. Mm. It's not a good time without it. But you have to have faith that the best future that you can create is one that isn't anything to do necessarily with your past. It's it's a future of your choosing mm. that you you set something, you know, you set some aims and some goals and stuff and you just start walking towards them and see what happens and you don't know what's going to happen in your life, but it's going to mm. be something cool. You can never regret it. Like you would never regret <laughs> quitting. You're going to be like, fuck, I'm so, I've said this a few times in the Instagram, like... <laughs> I am so spewing that I quit alcohol, said nobody. You know, like you will never, ever regret it. So it's not like, I guess people think that they will, they'll regret that their friendships and things like that. But I think we've talked about this enough in the podcast in the previous ones that people will come along for the ride if they're meant to. And the ones that support you, they're the ones to hang on to and really focus on the friends and the, the family members or whoever that is. Um, that supports you and if you don't have a single person you know you can find a network like on Instagram even I follow heaps of sober different people and there's some incredible and everyone's got each other's back I know when people get on and they're feeling a bit wobbly or they've they've fallen off the wagon um, or whatever you know there's, there's just everyone supporting them so you you will find other people if you don't have anyone oh, on like socials that. On, yeah you're it's right. incredible on the instagram or you know even us like ash and i you can reach out to us anytime like mm. um more than happy to um message someone back or, or whatever if you're feeling anything really yeah and that's the wonderful yeah. amazing thing about social media that we sort of uh you know, we take for granted now, but mm. and we whinge about social media a lot. But it's awesome. You in in when you need, if you feel isolated and you need some company, it is actually there, or some other perspectives. It's there, and even we're on a podcast right now. But a podcast is another thing, because like you know, when you're in that, say, if you're in that drinking thing and you're scared because you have no other friends that don't drink, it's quite isolating. Mm. And they say, you know, that you are a combination of the five people that you hang out with Mm. the most. But now you can be hanging out with podcasters and you're on YouTube. You're following some YouTube channel that you find to be beneficial that's really helping you. And you're hanging out with that person all the time as well. You're listening to it 24-7. And um, all of that can really help as well because you're flooding your mind with that influx of ideas and those people... Mm who you're hearing through, you know, the the modern day miracle of um, social media and digital media, they become part of your community. It's interesting you say that because that is what I did at the start of the journey. Like all I did was listen to podcasts or um, like every bit of Wayne Dyer. I could, I know I talk about Wayne all the time, mm. Father well, Wayne. Well, he was in your life. And it was like he was my best friend. I call yeah. him, I call him my spirit father. <laughs> um and not just Wayne, like any any great – there's another great Australian lady. Uh, oh, her name escapes me now. 
I'll pop her name. Her name's Melissa Ambrosini. She's really great. Mm. And people like that, like she always has different great um, speakers on. You know, there's a million podcasts. Another great thing to do is find a role model, like find a role model that you look up to that you can copy. So whether it's us or, you know, a million other people out there that you can, you know, look up to and follow their success. I interviewed a young guy today, Billy Otto, who's a great musician and uh, music producer. He's a fantastic guy. And he's really young and a happening dude. And he's really in, you know, the, the kind of scene, the cool scene, I suppose you'd call it. And he is basically mentoring other young musicians to live the cleanest life possible. So alcohol, no way. He's just like, it's so frowned upon now to be like a, a piss head. And to mm. be there, you know, drinking away and treating women badly and all that. It's so frowned upon. It's mm. not cool. And even like to what you're putting in your body and things like that. So he's there as a mentor for other young, mm. you know, young kids like in their 20s and things coming up. And that's so fantastic that there's people out there like that who are, you know, influencers. And they're, you know, they're really making a big difference for people, big change. Wow. When I, when I hit the music scene, I feel like it was the opposite yeah yeah <laughs> and that wasn't even a patch on what it had been before <laughs> and I like I know myself I didn't have any role models when I was growing up or in my 20s of people who didn't drink no for me it was like you know when I was a teenager I came from sport so what I thought was you got sporting people who are really straight laced and maybe you could have a drink on the weekend but like when I was in that life, I was just really straight edge. Mm. Or there's this cool music life that's really different to that. It's the opposite. And, you know, we get fucked up. We do this, we do that. So for me, it was almost, it seems stupid to say now. But I realized now that I looked at it, it was like, no, I'm going on my own path here. Yeah. Gave you the, the point of difference. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is wild. This is... This is cool. This is something different. Do you think that's why you did it? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to just. I just thought music. No, you don't. You don't do music straight. You don't do it sober. <laughs> but remember, there was always Jeff Lang. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Lang, Lang did. He amazing, was the exception. Amazing, and the best musician. guitarist. <laughs> and he was probably good because he didn't just get slaughtered every night like the rest of us were. What an amazing! Like he is such an such an incredible musician and how he would always just hang around all of us while we were getting smashed. He'd sit there drinking his can of Coke. and I never got that. <laughs> I never understood how he did that either, but what an incredible and like, honestly, probably one of the best guitarists I've ever heard. He's oh, yeah, so, sure. he's a magician and you don't get that from. Yeah. How could you be? It doesn't really go with being a virtuosa. No. You know, I was just thinking, reflecting on your book that you wrote, Surf by Day, Jam by Night. And they were, that was early on in this journey when we started the sober journey. Mm. And they say that an uh, author ends up writing what he needs to hear. And I found it... Yeah, wow. You never said that to me before. That's interesting. Uh, I think that might be from Wayne. Um, oh, totally. That was totally true for me in that book. 100%. Yeah. And then wasn't there so many of those people like super high achievers... Mm. that you interviewed and hardly any of them drank. Like hardly anyone in that book drank, did they? Um, no, there's a few exceptions to that. Like maybe yeah. Percho and Aussie Wright are exceptions. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, no, the rest were not crazy party animals. Like, yeah. They were very focused, weren't they, on where they wanted to, Yeah, what Ke- they wanted to achieve. Kelly Slater, Jack Johnson, Rasta, Steph Gilmore, you know, lots of people. Yeah, very focused, together kind of people. And that was, yeah, that was a really, that was a really amazing experience, that book. And I, I also noticed that a lot of those people had a lot of optimism. And I think mm. for this sober journey, optimism and ha- and intentional happiness, like going into it with an attitude of, oh, no, mm. this is going to be all right. And that stoicism, which, you know, when we did... Um, when we did a webinar, I was talking about this a fair bit. If you make the commitment, okay, I think I need to do this right. I'm going to quit for a year or whatever. I'm going to quit for a time. You know, there's going to be certain challenges and triggers and whatnot. That's a given. But decide now that it's going to be easy and stay optimistic about it. Yeah, there's a few challenges here or there. And oh, everybody was drinking. I used to drink all the time when I did X, Y, and Z too. It's a bit of a trigger for me, but it's easy. I just didn't put a drink in my mouth. Mm. I think having that kind of attitude, you can choose. Your mindset is a massive thing. So you can choose the level of difficulty that you and suffering that you go through on this journey. And if you make it too mm. great, then you'll just go back to your old pattern. Yeah. But if you make, you can choose to have it be less of a deal. And I, mm. I know for me, when I quit, uh, you know, I went straight into trigger land, um, playing the wineries as w- is well documented in this podcast and doing certain mm. things. So I had to just choose straight away. Okay, it's going to be easy. And there's a few triggery times, but it was pretty easy because I chose that. And I think you have to keep that optimism, that happiness, the jokey kind of vibe as much as you can. Yeah, you've got to keep the joy in your heart. And it's part of that thing. It's like, I've made the decision now. Like once you make a decision, it's a decision. It's not like a, or maybe yeah. I might try and quit. That's not making a decision. That's that's a maybe. But yeah. if you actually decide, no, no, I'm going to do this. I'm mm. doing this and nothing is going to stop me. Mm. I think once you get to that point, then you take the action. Keep the joy because just keep it happy. Keep, keep it light. It light. Yeah. Don't be sad about it. Don't be down about it. I know it is difficult. Even if it is difficult for you, if you still go into it trying to have as light a heart about it, you're going to be in that state where you're you're learning yeah. and you're progressing forward. And I think that's a really great thing. And that's something that's come out along the podcast and... Um, in our webinar that we did Mm. and we will be doing another webinar at some stage. Yeah. First of November, I'll put links in this as well. That the, the webinar was fantastic. So yeah, really Mm. keen to do another one. The other thing that I wanted to mention to people is today was a very special day because Danny received a little something in the mail, which was copies of the new playbook. Oh, yes. That was exciting. Which so is fantastic. Yes. So we sent out the pre-orders for those. They went off out in the mail today. So the playbook was basically just based on what we used and the methods we used over that first 12 months when we were quitting. You don't need this particular playbook. You can. It's sort of just basically a journal with some prompting and strategies that you can use and that you can follow, which is exactly what we did. It's sort of to help reprogram. Yeah, I like it because we give the philosophy behind certain 
approaches that we took and that we think work for people. Yeah. But also it takes you through every single day because I think where a lot of us fall down is you can have a philosophy and your conscious mind goes, oh, yeah, I agree with that. That's cool. But your subconscious mind might not yet agree because all your subconscious mind is is a tape player that plays th- plays habits. It basically keeps keeps habits going. And if you you don't you don't get to just talk to the subconscious directly and say, "Right, let's change this," and the subconscious goes, "Okay, let's change it." It takes a while for the subconscious to catch up with the conscious mind, and that's why you can have every intention of changing a habit, but then it just doesn't work. So what we've got in the playbook is something that you can fill out every day to take you through those, to take your mind through different, what did we have? We had I ams. Gratitudes, I ams, musts, Mm. um, things on meditation. There's all sorts of stuff in there. So I feel like once you get a month in, if you just, all you have to do is in the morning, just turn the page, look on what's on there and start writing. Once you get through one month of that, your brain has thought about, like you've thought this stuff through every day for 10 minutes a day for a month. And then you're, you are reprogramming your subconscious. And that's I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it's really cool. So we did talk, we talked about I am's and musts and different things in other, in the first podcast, did we? Yeah. So yeah, yeah you can go back that. to that people and yeah. check that out if you want to do that. But one thing, if you are going on this journey, it really is good to um, get an exercise book and write in it every day. Yeah, it's part of my daily practice is um, still is to get up in the morning and I've got this whole ritual I go through in the morning, very early in the morning. But I love it. I love to just sit and write in my journal and it gives me a really clear picture too. And I do little reminders for myself um, of and my intention for the day and things like that. It just sets you up for a really great day. Mm. And um, even just like mini goals that I'll write down, some goals that I'll have, or sometimes I'll just let things flow and just see what comes out. But I always have a minimum of five things that I'm grateful for and five I am. So it could be like I am, I am abundant or I am full of happiness today or I am not fucking around. <laughs> Mm, that's you know, a good mantra. There's just all sorts of things that you can put in there. So, and those things really help. They they sound like a bit of woo woo, woo woo. <laughs> they sound a little bit a little bit light and fluffy, but they do. They have a lot of substance to them. So that's mm. a really great practice to get into. And I cannot stress that enough. Mm. Um, you know, as part of your daily practice to do that and get out moving. Um, there's so many things that you can do. I was coaching someone last week, and they're right into their fitness. So I said to her, well, you know, on the weekends when that's your trigger time, when you start, she socializes with people and and drinks on the weekends, but drinks a lot. So, you know, part of her, what we've set up for her is to start doing uh, nighttime exercises. Like, so if you can't get out, but there's no gyms open in Melbourne where she was at the moment. So finding some like online yoga or, you know, like a nighttime jog, things like that jogging over to a friend's place who's not drinking as well, having a cup of tea, jogging home, things like that. So just those kind of great replacements that make you feel good. Mm, and awesome. Th- yeah, it was super helpful. Like just trying to figure out what it is too that you enjoy, like what it is that you like. Mm. And um, bring it, I mean, there's so many things that you can do to reinforce and, 
and little celebrations for yourself. And But whatever you do, like and wherever you are on the journey, just feel good about it. Feel really good about it. Be proud of yourself. Don't look back. Keep looking forward. You know, don't look back at, at you know, who you were when you're drinking or what you've done. That's in the past and today is a new day. It's a new beginning and that's the great thing about life is that every day is a new – every minute that's, that comes up is an, an opportunity to do better or to start again. So you get up and you start again and you push forward and don't let anything stop you because this is your life. It's your life and you curate your own life and make it an amazing one. Why be half-assed? Why not reach for as high as you can go? Why not – be as healthy as you can be and as present as you can be and and be the most amazing version of yourself. Don't settle and don't let other people drag you down and don't drag yourself down anymore. That's that's old that's old school. That's old talk. We're not we're not doing that anymore. We're moving forward. That well, here, here, well said, Danny. And um anything I'd add to that is make it your mission, <clears throat> make it your responsibility to take personal responsibility for that, for all mm. of those things. Like if you're letting other people drag you down or, you you know, you take responsibility for changing that. Mm. Don't think don't think it's okay to just say, oh, other people are dragging me down. Or, oh, I'm, you know, this is a problem, that's a problem. Take responsibility for changing that. Yeah. And you'll see awesome, amazing results from that. And you've got no idea what what you'll see from that. Absolutely. That's one of the main things, isn't it? Taking responsibility for yourself and being um, – you're, you're the one in the driver's seat of your own life. Mm. So you, ha- you take responsibility for everything. Every decision you made has got you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, even if it was the most fucked up thing you've ever done, whatever. Mm. Take responsibility and then move the hell on mm. and – don't don't sit, don't sit there dwelling in it and don't be stuck in it and you know yeah make make also make you know you make your life your responsibility but even on a deeper level than that make your emotions your responsibility and be ambitious for your emotions mm. so like your ambition is to feel the maximum amount of joy just sitting there just mm. driving to work or whatever you're doing just walking down the street you want to start feeling a joy and a contentment in your heart that you haven't felt since you were a little kid yeah. or or maybe even never in your life. Be ambitious and aim to feel, yeah, really content and joy in your life because it is possible and um, life is short and mm. um, it's ridiculous how most of us, a lot of us go through life and um, you don't need to. So, yeah, take responsibility for it. It's such a big thing in our society too that we dwell on the negative. Yes. We dwell on the negative. We dwell on what people have done to us, Mm, what we've done to ourselves, what we've done to people. We're all stuck in our own stories Mm. and that's what we focus on. Mm. Very rarely do we focus on the stuff that makes us really happy or the Mm. people that make us happy. You know, we're always, I think we're more likely to talk about people that, have wronged us. Yeah, than than people that have done amazing things for us. It it overrides it very very quickly. So part of like in the coaching, this is NLP practice to recognize those thoughts and switch them really quickly. Mm. So as soon as a thought, a negative thought comes up, do try and switch it. Or if you see yourself in a certain way and you've got this movie going in your mind, 
you know, diminish that, make it smaller or, or blot it out and then replace it with the opposite mm. thought. And um, it's really doable. And you, once you start doing that with your brain, it starts to change. It starts to rewire and you can, you don't necessarily go for the negative anymore. Mm. And it's a really powerful tool. It's fantastic. I've been retraining my brain and I think you have been too, Dan, to on a daily basis you know, practice what we preach there and think about good thoughts and good memories, even from childhood, mm. multiple times a day through the the anchoring process. And, you know, I just think it's way, like you said, it's way more normal to bring up a few negatives. That's, I think that's normal for most humans. But actually to find yourself throughout the day bringing up positives and having a smile to yourself and Fear, just thinking, okay, I'm going to feel awesome now mm. and actually remembering a few things that make you feel really great, starting mm. to teach your neurology that that's normal, mm. to to pick a different normal mm. to what we naturally gravitate towards sometimes. And when we're doing all these things, alcohol, you just don't really think about it anymore. It's not somewhere that you go. So when you start doing all these practices and things that we're talking about here, alcohol becomes a very small part of the equation you know, and mm. it just naturally can start to fall away as well. Well, I guess we'll wrap up in a second, but tell me, Ash, well, tell the people because I already know, but like, could you imagine if you were still drinking for a start where you would be now? Uh, geez. Um, not where I am now. <laughs> um, we might not be together. Mm. I might have a head like a bowl, <laughs> like a bowling ball, basketball, a basketball, <laughs> a beach ball. Um, you know, who knows career-wise? Because I needed the fog to lift a little bit. It was funny that you know I'm not going to get right into the story. It's well documented, not just in my book, but in podcast and all that stuff about some career stuff. But mm. um, and how you helped to turn my mind around and sort of manifest some pretty big goals. I think he's talking about me. <laughs> yeah, not you in podcast land, <laughs> but Danny. Um, uh, you know, I don't, you can't really do that. You know, like you can talk about it when you're drinking all the time. If you're binge drinking a lot, it's really, I don't think you can. It's very, you can be high functioning, but it's really hard to. But we thought mentally. we were high functioning too. That's the other thing. Don't you think? I thought I was fairly high functioning until now. I look back and I'm like, holy shit. That was low functioning. Was you know, but you know, when I say high functioning, you're getting stuff done. You, yeah, you know, especially at different points, still doing well in your career and whatnot. Mm. But, um, you know, I certainly wasn't towards the end of that cycle. Um, but still relatively, you know, doing things. But, um, you, but my point was that you, th yeah, you can think you're trying to manifest things and go for certain goals. But in my life, I wasn't even looking to go towards the things that I ended up looking to go towards. Mm. Um, my vision wasn't even there. Um, but after clearing that out, clearing the alcohol out of my system, and then also daring to start to strive for things um, that I'd never thought I could strive for. I know it's so amazing, and it's like amazing. looking at you now, like, and I think it was just today we found out that your and Josh, you and Josh Teske, your new song that you guys have got out together is being put on one of the biggest playlists in the world. 
Like who would have thought that? Like going back to where you were in that darker place when you were drinking, you never would have you would have just laughed at me if I said that was going to be the case. One hundred percent I would have laughed at you. And also I didn't put an album out for five years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's perfect evidence of that. So safe to say for you as well as with everybody else that with you know, that I've had on this podcast, um, Life has changed immeasurably. Mm. You know. and, and can I ask you then, um, how have you found it since quitting alcohol? Oh, it, it's the same, of course. Like it's changed immeasurably in every way. Mm. Oh my God, I can't even believe. Well, even this, like doing this and coaching people. And I never would have thought in a million years I'd be doing anything like this. Mm. And I mean, I, I never say- thought in a million years I could stop drinking. I was <laughs> such a, I was so... Um, such a habitual drinker, such a habitual binge drinker Mm. and so identified with that that there's no way I thought I would have done that and not, oh, I wouldn't have thought that I could enjoy my life and do that and I just can't believe how much more I enjoy life now. It's so much better. Mm. I think that's what people um, need to really take out of this when they hear us frothing and going, it's so good and everything. We didn't think, we never envisaged ourselves not drinking. I think you're sexier too. (laughs) (laughs) You're sexier. We're better lovers. (laughs) (laughs) You really derailed me there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we couldn't see, we we honestly couldn't see ourselves as non-drinkers, you know, until we became non-drinkers. So it's not, don't think there's any... uh, hypocrisy from from us it's not like us preaching to you because we have very much been there and we couldn't see beyond it at one point like what it would be like to be sober we just knew we had to and um yeah and then what we found behind that was awesome yeah and we are so awesome but even now, oh, we should do in the next season maybe we should do one on relationships too because our mm. relationship um has just it's so much better as well. Absolutely. Like, there's there's no there's no area of life that hasn't improved, I don't think, because of um because, you know, from quitting alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah, I can't think of any area of life. So whilst um we are quite evangelistic about the the pros of quitting alcohol, you know, we're not you know, I don't look down upon anyone that drinks or anything like that. You know, I look at someone that's drinking and I've said this in the past few because this has come to me lately. When I see someone really drunk, I i I see a lot of pain in the person. Um, that's what I see. I feel sorry for like the guy that I saw on the bus stop a few weeks back. Oh yeah, yeah. Really drunk guy sitting at our kids' bus stop. That was a and at really, first I thought, really what the fuck? down on his luck, guy. This pedo guy sitting here at the bus stop. But yeah, then nice, mate. <laughs> I started to get a bit paranoid. But then I, what do you call it? Protective, not proactive. Yeah, protective. But then when I came, I actually came back and I thought I can't leave this guy. Like you know, so I went back and just sat with him and just you know, and oh, I was just so sad. And I could see all the pain that this poor guy was in. And he was so drunk at like nine in the morning drinking out of the wine bottle, which you don't see very often around here, that's for sure. Um, and it was it was just so sad, yeah, but it was really good to talk to him and um, just talk and listen. Mm, that's one side of things and that's that's a full-blown, you know, massive drinker. 
But when I see people, even if they're, you know, I've, I still play to drunk people for a living quite often. I don't judge those people at all. No. Like, I, and I feel like it's almost like we're behind closed doors now on, on this podcast because if you're listening to this podcast, you're questioning your drinking or you've already quit or you're, you're what do you call it? Sober curious. <laughs> Sober curious. Um, so then it's almost like, okay, you're, by listening to this, you're asking us what it, what's it like. But um, in general, say at my gigs or whatever, when people are getting smashed, and especially if they're getting smashed and having a good time and they're not turning, I, I still respect that. I can remember a time when I did that and that's fine. And I, I never judge anyone. And even people for being too drunk, I still I don't judge them. Mm. I haven't slipped into that and I don't want to slip into that. Oh, I don't want to be like that either. No, because then I'll be bringing a a whole lot of pain down more than I need on myself too. Mm. (laughs) Thinking about all the times that I did that, it would just be too hypocritical. Um, And, you know, some people do have a good time with it and it doesn't affect everybody equally. And I think this podcast is for people, is, is, is a really personal podcast and it's for people to listen to and get some inspiration for themselves. It's not for people to take and preach to anyone else. Mm, um, that's very important. And that's really important. And I'm not interested in preaching to other people, like telling somebody whether they should or shouldn't drink. And I think this podcast is for people who are questioning it. And it's just opening up the conversation, really. That is the point of this podcast, is mm. to get the conversation going and to help people feel not so ashamed or not feel so lost or... Mm. to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I think, you know, that's great. And I'm looking forward to going into season two. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Already got a few interviews under the belt, got a sponsor coming up yeah. for the podcast, which I'll tell you all about in season two. But um, I just want to thank everybody who's tuned in and who's shared the podcast, who's rated and reviewed and subscribed and all those things and sent messages. That is the most like highlight of my day every time I get a message from someone or an email um, that is just the best thing in the whole world. That makes me so happy. Feel free to reach out or if there's any questions that you've got that you want to or anything you'd like us to talk about on the podcast or on my little solo casts, feel free to send through any questions. Um, we've still got a competition going for the next – it's um, during this month, so during October – um, if you rate and review this podcast, you go in the running to win a $250 Earth Bottles voucher. Earth Bottles is mine and Ash's company. And, um, yeah, so that's cool. And, and don't forget we've got the webinar coming up on the 1st of November. And You can also book a one-on-one with Danny or it could be a one-on maybe two if I'm around. Sounds kind of creepy. (laughs) Sounds like a menage a trois, but it's not. (laughs) But um, yeah, you can can book some online coaching as well. If people go to the website, www.iquitalcohol.com.au or grab grab the playbook or if um, there's also just a free ebook there as well just to help get you started. Um, you just got to go onto the website and you can download that free ebook and it just has some little tips, sort of like the basics of quitting alcohol. And again, just feel free to reach out if you're really struggling and really, really in the grips of alcohol. Um, I'd recommend going to a local AA meeting or reaching out to a therapist. 
um, that can help and we can also direct you in the right we can direct you to the right sort of people as well particularly if you're in the northern rivers area um, but we've also got some great therapists that we can refer you to that can do zoom meetings and stuff like that who are awesome um, amazing people some of which have been on this podcast and yeah so thank you again everybody and um, yeah keep have on fun. keep on forging on See you later. Bye. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.